Washington is the first state to sue agrochemical giant Monsanto over environmental pollution from PCBs, toxic chemicals which Democratic Governor Jay Inslee said are endangering the lives of people, plants and animals in his state. This lawsuit is about watching out for the health of Washingtonians from this omnipresent and horrifically toxic material. It's hard to overstate the legacy in our state of PCB contamination and around the world. It's everywhere we look. It's in our food, our fish, and our own bodies. Several organizations, including the Environmental Protection Agency, have said PCBs cause cancer in animals and probably are carcinogenic to humans and affect the immune, nervous, and reproductive systems. Congress banned them in 1979, but Washington's Attorney General Bob Ferguson said that Monsanto produced PCBs for decades after knowing their danger to humans and the environment. In fact, they knew as early as the 1930s that PCBs were toxic to humans. An internal Monsanto memo from 1937 warned of, quote, systemic toxic effects, end quote, from prolonged exposures to PCB vapors. Monsanto was the only U.S. manufacturer of PCBs, and in suits against it by cities such as Seattle, Portland, Berkeley, and San Diego, the company has argued that PCBs were lawful and served an important fire protection and safety purpose at the time they were sold. Our guest is Charles Warren, a partner at Kramer, Levin, Naftalis, and Frankel, where he leads the environmental practice, and he's a former regional administrator with the EPA. Chuck, there are smoking guns here. The Washington AG cited a 1969 internal memo from Monsanto that it knew about global PCB contamination but concealed it because, quote, there's too much customer market need and selfishly too much Monsanto profit to go out. Why isn't this an open and shut case? Oh, I think, June, it's uh, actually tricky to bring a lawsuit uh, against Monsanto for PCBs. There's a lot of things that go into it. It's somewhat akin to the cigarette situation where it took a very long time and the first lawsuits against uh, the cigarette companies were dismissed. They finally were able to prevail and a lot of the states prevailed really more on consumer protection and antitrust laws. And, you know, part of the problem here is that, um, you know, there there was sort of a, ba- a, a bankruptcy proceeding on the part of Solution, which is uh, where Monsanto was split up into Solution and Pharmacia and Monsanto, three pieces, and Monsanto kept some of the liabilities uh, for PCBs, uh, but they created a trust for claims and stuff like that, and that's an issue that you have to deal with, the fact that you had this bankruptcy, which uh, in some sense, uh, you know, extinguishes a lot of claims from the past, and... uh, so I think I think there's a lot of hurdles to jump over. I mean, they may be able to be successful because in the end what did the cigarette companies in was that they found old memos and things like that where they knew about the dangers and still kept going. And we'll just have to see if the proof here is the same kind of proof that they found in those situations. And, you know, we've seen some of it, but um, I think until you've seen the full evidence, uh, it's going to be a little hard to predict what's going to happen. Well, but Chuck, people have known for a long time that PCBs were dangerous and you know, they were outlawed, and it's yeah, not as though this is, right. this is new lot. news. So uh, why, I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that sort of is curious about this is why, you know, you could have sued them even without these memos, I suppose, but why, what took so long for 
government officials to want to bring these kinds of actions? Well, that's a, that's that's another question that's going to come up, and I think even though uh, the, the statute of limitations may not affect the state itself, but I think that's going to be an issue. I mean, PCBs have been banned by law since 1976 by Congress, and uh, they haven't been produced since then. And a lot of these things are, uh, you know, have have been there out there a long time, and they're alleging damage to water bodies and stuff like that that's obviously occurred over many, many years. And I think that's going to be an issue, too, absolutely, what took them so long. I had thought they might try to bring, because they're specifically um, looking at a number of water bodies and things like that, I had thought they might want to try to bring a Superfund action or something, but they don't seem to have done that. It's under state law claims. They brought it in the state court. And again, um, if they're not dismissed, uh, they might find, obviously, sympathetic juries who uh, will rule against Monsanto in the first instance. Chuck, uh, Monsanto, Monsanto spokesman said that the case is experimental because it seeks to target a product manufacturer for selling a lawful and useful chemical four to eight, eight decades ago that was applied by the U.S. government, Washington State, local cities, et cetera. That was to AP. Is he right about that? Is well, it experimental? That, yeah, that, yeah, that's going to be part of their defense. Obviously, uh, PCBs weren't outlawed until 1976, and uh, I don't know if you can say they were necessarily approved, but they're, you know, the state's suing under things like uh, product liability, defective, you know, inherently dangerous products. They're suing under negligence. Uh, they're suing under some state, uh, you know, laws that uh, allow them to bring suit for inherently dangerous chemicals. And so I think, you know, there's certainly the potential that they could be, that the company could be found liable under those statutes. But I think there's a lot of problems with that, as we've been discussing. I mean, the question of what, A, I, I agree, what took them so long, the question of how, how much proof is there that when they were actually manufacturing them, they knew that it was dangerous to humans. I mean, they have some studies in animals, but that doesn't, and necessarily mean that the uh, uses that were that they were being put to, uh, you know, were were definitely dangerous to humans and stuff like that, or that they knew or had reason to know. So it's going to be a. I I, I think it's not going to be an easy case. Chuck, on the other hand, you know, there's there the lawsuits are really based. This lawsuit in particular is really based on the fact that PCBs are so pervasive in the environment um, right. from their use everywhere. And given the scope of their use and, and what has happened in the environment with them, what kind of liability, if this case is allowed to go forward, could Monsanto face? Well, if the case does go forward, I mean, uh, they've alleged uh, many water bodies, and it seems to me the damage could be in the billions of dollars uh, here. And uh, because... You're looking at trying to deal with PCBs. You know, if you look at what happened here in New York State, where GE uh, had to clean up PCBs in the Hudson, which became a federal Superfund site, Hudson River, uh, they spent uh, like one and a half billion dollars, and, and and you know, EPA said stop it. The, a lot of citizens think they should do more. Uh, so it's so that's just one water body, and if you look at you know, uh, if you look at what they're saying in the state of Washington, they've got a, it looks like, you know, over 100 water bodies. And so 
So I think you could be talking about really huge numbers here if they're if they're ever found liable. Just about 30 seconds here, Chuck. It, there are indications that other states may join in this, and there are certainly cities that are. Does Monsanto have the legal resources to fight this if it, if it becomes a lot of states? Well, I think their first defense may be, you know, that the, that they're, you know, they, they've already created a fund to deal with these claims under bankruptcy, and uh, to the extent that uh, you're trying to, you know, puncture that, you can't do it. That's going to be the first line of defense. Now, now, a court may say that doesn't apply to some of these newer cases, or because sometimes, you know, when you deal with environmental issues and public health issues. Bankruptcy doesn't always wash it clean, but to the extent you're dealing with claims that date back, uh, that predate the bankruptcy uh, and stuff, you, you, they may have a, the potential to deal with it that way. But uh, I think, or you might see another bankruptcy, which is what happened in the asbestos situation where uh, all these asbestos claims piled up, which looked like they were going into the billions of dollars. We'll have to stop... Yeah. There, Chuck, we'll pick it up again another time. That's Charles Warren, chair of the environmental practice at Kramer Levin. Coming up, emerging trends in health care law. I'm June Gross with Michael Best. This is Bloomberg.